Seahawks fans to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Golden Tate to my Sydney Rice. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, feeling very yakky. Yeah, all right. Not I'm, like I'm going to yak, but like I'm going to run for a lot of yards after the catch. I feel like I'm both better and worse than everyone thinks. <laughs> the, Sydney, the Sydney Rice story. Um, <laughs> Sydney Rice, better than you thought? But also worse than you thought. <laughs> I mean, better than I feel, you thought, unless you're Brett. I feel like Sydney Rice's career is just such a, a microcosm of like that early Pete Carroll era Seahawks football where you could see all the potential and see how it was supposed to work, but just like wasn't quite as good as you wanted it to be. Yes, I agree and, with that. And like kind of always injured and stuff. Uh, where does Sidney Rice fit into your hierarchy of like all-time great Seahawks wide receivers? Is he in the top 10? Uh, let me think about it. I would um, say definitely not. It's, because... it's Largent. Okay, Largent. Uh, we got to put, uh, going out of order here, we're going to have Doug. Ball- we're going to have Baldwin. Blades. Blades. Yeah. Okay. We're going to have... Um, In- Ingram. Bobby Ingram. I. Uh, we're gonna have this is this i'm putting i kind of put you on the spot here because like we had uh no uh we did not plan this how about that we did yeah uh i think joey galloway makes it so such a dead era the thing is there's a lot of guys that are gonna make this list that probably shouldn't okay you gotta put so we got largent blades baldwin ingram you gotta put daryl jackson on there he had 6,500 yards as a seahawk a lot of that's a lot of yards galloway i think i agree He's uh he's in there. Uh, Lockett is probably in there. Lockett's in there. Uh, then we're going like John Williams. It's uh, bad. It's bad now. John this Williams is, is a running back. He's a fullback, but he has four thousand one hundred and fifty-one receiving yards. Yeah, we, we talked about seven, we talked about seventh most all time. <laughs> talked about receivers here. Um, we're right, gonna fine. go. He's yeah, he's in. He's in. That's that's he, that's he's like he's right around tenth. Him and Nate Burleson are duking it out. Him, Corn Robinson, Nate Burleson, Jermaine. No, Corn Robinson, not even close. Sorry. Corn Robinson, ninth all time in receiving yards for I the Seahawks. I could not tell you how little I care. And if he caught seventy percent of the passes, he'd be first. Hey, uh, yeah, that's that's true. That's fair. <laughs> um, which uh, which Seahawks wide receiver do you think has the most fumbles all time? I don't. Uh, Djak. It was Stephen Lar- Steve Largent. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. It turns out when like- you start a ton of games for fifteen years. You get a lot of chances to fumble, fumble the ball. Um, that's why that stat does not matter. So the um, Seahawks, we're going to talk today a little bit about the current state of the wide receivers on the roster, and I'm pretty sure at this position, free agency is over. So we're not going to even look at that. We're going to go straight into what wide receivers we think the Seahawks could be targeting in this year's draft, and it is a bumper crop of wide receivers, a uh, veritable cornucopia. We're going to. So that's a how plethora. we're going to. So we're going to start this off. So the Seahawks right now on the roster, they have DeKalen Metcalf. Uh, he is um, ready to rock. He's DK. He's the Drift King. He, yeah. Um, DK Donkey Kong is here. D- <laughs> do you want to do the DK we're rap? We're not going to do the DK rap. No, that's not happening. Dang we it. have Tyler right. Lockett, who's proven himself at this point to be a number one wide receiver. Yeah. And that we have Philip about... Dorsett, number one in Nathan's heart receiver. Yeah. So let's do this real quick, though. DK probably going to line up at the, at the top of the in the exposition most of the time. And I mm-hmm. think Tyler and Philip Dorsett will kind of switch back and forth between slot and Y in our base kind of uh, offense. Yeah, uh, DK will play a little bit of slot to mix things up for mismatches, but it'll be mostly Dorsett and Lockett. Yeah, they'll kind of play games over there. Uh, that'll be great. And then David Moore will be our number four guy. He'll be the fourth wide receiver on the field. Uh, that will be 
I think that's a pretty good fourth receiver, to be honest with you. I, yeah, I if you're going like, to a four receiver set, he'll basically be backing up DK, and he'll probably go mostly outside in a four receiver set with Lockett and Dorsett being the two inside receivers, which is really, really good. Then uh, John Ursua and Malik Turner will be the other two guys that will be probably battling for the last few roster spots at the, in this position group, whether the team keeps five wide receivers, six wide receivers, and they'll be battling against the guys that we draft to be the last you know, one or two wide receivers on the mm-hmm. roster. And that, that'll be kind of the position group for this year. Uh, there's a couple other guys they have rostered, Cody Thompson, Penny Hart. I don't have really high expectations for them to be you know, challenging for those roster spots. But you never know. The Seahawks have uh, surprised me in the past, but those seem like practice squad guys to yep. me. And then Jaron Brown is uh, finally ending his era as a Seahawk, probably. Um, I always kind of kept the faith, burned the flame, held a secret torch for Jaron Brown, and I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> Uh, Jaron Brown always seemed like he was going to do something. Yeah, he had a couple crucial drops last year that kind of just turned me off to him completely. So see you later. It's the same reason why we're out on Malik Turner, (laughs) our unofficial (laughs) sixth of six. Yeah, so, okay, so that's the state of the roster. Kevin, do you feel like we absolutely have to bring in a wide receiver in in the draft this year? No, I just feel like there's so much depth and value here, we probably will. Yeah, I agree. I think that the one thing that's cool about the way the Seahawks have structured their roster is they've got it. They're going into the draft with no must do's. There's nothing they have to do. Caveat: I'm assuming we signed Jadavian Clowney. I'm going to keep assuming that until I hear a rumor that makes me think differently. But right now, it seems like we're a, we're first in a one horse race. And those rumors <laughs> better not be placed on Madden. Yeah, that's that's oh, not a rumor. That's just a, that's just a flash video. Don't do Ma- that. Madden on Madden TikTok leaked that he was in a Titans uniform. It's happening, bro. It uh, is. Yeah. So I'm just assuming if if we don't if we don't get Jadavian back, then yes, we need to we'll have one need in the draft, which is edge. But right now, it just seems like they've gone into the draft. They put themselves in a position where there's nothing that we have to do, just things that we maybe would want to do more. And I think that because wide receiver is a position that's so deep, it could be, even though it's kind of lower on the positions of need, might be one that is a really uh, what we end up doing because it's, uh, it's just a really good class, like you said, Kevin. Um, do you have any, uh, any, any final thoughts before we jump into the draft, boys? No, I think we're ready to go. All right, here we go. So the f- there's a clear top three in this year's draft. There's three guys that everyone loves, that everyone uh, puts in their top three. Now, the order differs from person to person. So these three guys are Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, and Henry Ruggs Jr. Two of them play for Alabama. The first, question, third. I, first question for you, Kevin. How many teams in the NFL would trade all of their wide receivers to have Judy and Ruggs, the wide receivers for Alabama last year? Oh, uh, that's without including the two stud receivers who returned to Alabama too. That's the other thing that's dumb right, when you but, watch their tape. But, but, like, uh, but if I'm just getting Judy and Ruggs, and then let's you have see. to like you have to get like waiver trash for the rest. You know, you got to pick up the guys who get cut from other teams at the end. Uh, I would say at least like six. Like I think the it's Jets. Closer, I think it's closer to like twenty five, dude. <laughs> because you're you're getting them on rookie deals, and they're oh, both that's true. I didn't think about rookie deals. They're both elite, so. You think about like most of the teams that are overpaying wide receivers, are, and that I think a lot of teams would do this. Any team that only has okay, one, okay, I would wide say receiver, about half the league. Yeah, I'm th- I think it could be a lot more. This is it's crazy that both those guys were on the same team last year, and um, 
it's it was a nutty uh, wide receiver group for Alabama. So okay, Judy Lamb Rugs. Uh, if this, none of if by some hook by hook or by crook, some way zero wide receivers have been taken. The Seahawks are picking at twenty seventh. You've got all three of these guys on your board, Kevin. Who do you pick and why? Well, first I package my second and third and trade for the twenty eighth pick too. Okay, so because we doing it, we doing it, dog. But if I'm picking one of them, I am a sucker for a good route runner. And Jerry Judy's one of the best route running wide receivers I've seen come out in a long time. Uh, He gets his route running is elite and it's elite, not at the college level. It's like elite at the NFL level. He understands angles and how to use footwork and how to get off press and how to set up his guy. Um, His floor is probably as one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. Yeah, he reminds me when you watch of like uh, the just like all he's like, I think that it's hard to compare him to other people because he doesn't um, there's not a route in an NFL route tree he couldn't run right now. He could be like you could pick what's the most complex offense in the league, uh, the San Francisco, the Shanahan stuff or. Sure, let's say that okay, uh, he could have motion there. Sure, like he could be day one, the number one RSU for them it would not be a problem. He could he could do whatever he wants. He's the he's so good and he's and he's athletic to boot. It's not like he's he's um just a route runner, you know. He he's awesome. He's really good. Big catch radius. I, I think that yeah. Jerry Judy I mean like you kinda have to pick your comp. You know, you could be like, he's like AJ Green or Amari Cooper. It's like it doesn't matter. Those guys are elite, right? He's like an elite wide receiver. Yeah, he's, uh, like, not, he's like if Amari Cooper was faster, but not quite as big. I, I like yeah. I don't know. Does it matter? He's not like a physical freak like Julio Jones or DeAndre Hopkins. So I think that that might um, affect some people's opinions on him. But don't don't let that fool you. <laughs> yeah, this guy just comes in and plays the wide receiver position at an incredibly high level. Yeah. Um, the the thing that's stupid is you'll watch him run like a slant, and he'll run the slant in a way that sets the corner back up. So later on in the game, he'll run like a post and his slant from like two drives earlier, set up the post that he knew he was going to have to do later in the game. And you're just like, that's not something that a college wide receiver is going to do. And it's just not fair. You just watch him absolutely make an idiot out of a lot of college corners. My only like criticism for him is he's like contested catches are not the best. So if you're expecting a guy to just like jump over people and moss people over and over, that's not exactly what he is. That's more yeah, like then C- you want CD Lamb. That's more CD Lamb. Yeah, CD <laughs> Lamb is the is the jump over guys. Uh, I'm gonna make the craziest catch, and I would put him clear second. I think Rugs, even though he's like the speed demon, the physical freak, the uh, five star recruit, I I just don't. I don't see him as quite the polished product of Judy or the the just absurd like catch uh, contested catchability of Lamb that kind of puts them not way ahead of Rugs but you know just just slightly. So the reason uh, I would put Lamb I would put Rugs slightly ahead of Lamb when I'm ranking this across the NFL is because Rugs is easier to use. You don't have to be a particularly creative or intelligent offensive uh, play caller in order to say, hey, that guy's really fast. I'm going to line him up on the outside and have him do double moves all day and just make a cornerback constantly gamble on which move to take. Like he's he's really easy to just do that with and will immediately become a big time deep threat 
for whatever team. CeeDee Lamb is not crazy fast. His athletic profile is not exceptional. He just understands how to do 100% of everything his body does. Mm -hmm. Strong hands, like crazy body control. Uh, Also, like one thing I love about CeeDee Lamb is he's an insane competitor, man. He's like fired up all the time. Mm-hmm. which I, I just appreciate. I don't know. Something, I love something. There's something I love about that. He, he ran a four five Oh in the 40 yard, but I guarantee if you put Henry Ruggs next to him, he'd have run like a four, four, two trying to catch up to rugs. Huh? Yeah, like like right. that's just the way he is. Yeah. He's just, I, I think that he's like, he's the next, who's the guy that likes to jump over people. Uh, that's like Julio or uh, 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 OBJ or OBJ or uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. That's that's CD lamb. That's the profile. for. And him. He's just a nightmare to tackle. Like he has that balance through contact, like a running back where you'll see him, he'll make a cut and then like run laterally and jump over an arm tackle and then immediately like jump cut out of his landing and turn square his shoulders upfield and take off. And you're just like, man, I would die if I tried to do that. I would tear every ligament in my entire lower, lower body. Okay, so these three guys are very likely to go in front of us. If one of them is there, obviously we probably snap break keep. what we're snap keep. Just take any of them. This is where it gets tricky. The next group of receivers, I think most people who scout them, there's about five or six guys in the next group that are all pretty close together. And um, so you're in the you're the Seahawks. You're at twenty seven. You decide. Okay, for some reason this guy's way up high on your board. Who's your guy that you're taking? That's not one of those top three. Who's you're at twenty seven? Who's who's your uh, who's your pick? There's two dudes here that are really duking it out for me. Um, Jalen Rager out of TCU or Denzel Mims out of Baylor, and it's because both of them are elite athleticism, immediate deep threat kind of guys. If if I have to choose one, I'm probably going with Mims. Because the guy is 6'3", he has 34-inch arms. Um, He immediately comes in, and he's a guy that can jump ball everybody. And with with the quarterback accuracy that we have, he's a guy that Russ can just, like, throw a trust ball to. And he'll at least operate in that capacity within our offense. Yeah, I think... I'd actually go the, if I was just choosing between those two guys. I actually think I would go the other way, and it's because when I watch Jalen Rager, he reminds me of like a like a super in control athlete who's not tall, but like Antonio Brown, like where there's a he just understands like exactly how to like. There's a thing about running fast, and there are guys who just run fast all the time, and Jalen Rager doesn't do that. He like shifts gears in a way that makes people like look stupid and he creates a lot of space in like a tight a tight space and then as soon as he catches the ball it's just like he can get away from the it's guy, what hollywood the brown game. did hollywood brown did this in the last draft and was that, interested to you and i for that reason but he's Brown's bigger than, right than uh, hollywood brown yeah exactly yeah. uh so I, and I think he just can he can kind of do a lot of things, line up in a bunch of different positions. I have Rager as my wide receiver number five slash six. I have the two guys tied. So I like Rager quite a bit. He's really good. I think if I was picking in that position, Kevin, my guy would be LaVisca Chenault Jr. And it's because to me, um he just is he can do anything 
and he's the kind of guy that forces if you pick him he forces coordinators to be creative because he can do so many different things and it's like and he's kind of a ball of clay that you can mold into anything you need him to be because Colorado just kind of had him do whatever it's because they didn't really have a good offense or playmakers and so it was just LaVisca do something and then LaVisca go do something yeah and he's like he's really strong but he yeah, he just doesn't they didn't ask him to run like a lot of like horizontal routes or like do anything. He just he had a very limited thing, but he's big, he's strong, and I just like the idea of of him as like a new kind of golden tate type of yeah. player. Golden um, Tate's my exact comp for him. Um maybe if you want to be a little pessimistic, Sammy Watkins. Yeah, I think Sammy Watkins is a really fair and I don't think it's pessimistic to stay Sammy Watkins. I would take Sammy Watkins on the Seahawks in a second. I agree, especially <laughs> if you're trying to make him your number three receiver on a rookie deal. Yeah. So uh, uh one quick note about LaVisca Chenault. When you go to look him up, he's gonna come out with a four five eight in the forty yard dash. He was running with a significant core injury that definitely impacted him. Like anyone who watched him during the season and then watched him run his 40 knew that it, it just wasn't the same thing. So ignore those measurables. He's much more athletic than that. And if he runs like at the, if he doesn't get to run at a pro day, it could be a kind of situation where he drops down to 59 because people aren't sure. Cause this is one thing that's going to happen in this draft. That's going to be really odd is that teams aren't going to have an opportunity to go to pro days, get extra medicals, get uh do interviews to see how guys are like to get a feel for guys they're gonna be on quarantine there's a plague yeah there's gonna be weird stuff happening and that's the kind of thing where any kind of doubt could just drop a guy down the list and maybe lavisca chenault's there at 59 when we pick next and uh and that's a snap take that's That's, yeah it's pretty pretty great lavisca chenault at 59 is about as exciting as cd lamb at 27 so 59 these are the like the next clump of receivers for me that i think could potentially be available if they're you know if there's big falls uh Chenault, jefferson rager higgins mims those are all guys that i think will probably get picked before 59 but if any of those guys fell i would be very excited to take them at 59 yep. um is, is there anybody else that you think is like a slam dunk to get picked before 59 uh, i think Ayuk is in that cluster um or should be he's getting evaluated a little bit lower and i honestly can't figure out why i think he's of that quality um so he's okay. probably my most likely to fall and he's a snap take if he does i think that for him um his his like okay he's not good when you when he's pressed and he's a senior that didn't play like he had he came up through juco and like wasn't like a recruited athlete so like i think that that kind of dropped him down for like the initial scout right and he kind of had to beat that at the combine you know yeah and i don't feel like he did so that's kind of what happened with him i think is that like people kind of pegged him as like hey let's start him in mid to late second round and then if he crushes combine then he he could be a riser right but i think like four or five uh he jumped good 40 you know like he did he did fine it's not like he's bad but i think his burden is brock were plus yeah i think it's like he didn't blow people away though you know it was just well, like the, the thing is like his athletic testing good. numbers were stronger than cd lambs but his tape isn't even close right so i just think it like he needed to like he needed to have like the uh the henry rugs combine or whatever to move up i think and you know, being stuck in the middle of the second round isn't bad. You're right. He probably has a shot to go right around where we're at. 
uh, 59. That's he's probably the going to go in the 45 to 55 range. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying is I, I think it'll go somewhere in the 40s would be where I'd bet. So I think if he's sitting there at 59, that's a, that's a really that's a high value place to get a player like that, where like worst case, you're hiding him in the slot so he doesn't have to deal with press. So the, the thing is, yeah, if he get when the, the thing I like about his tape is if anybody plays off of him, he just destroys them. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's like, oh, you're going to give me five yards of cushion. All right, well, then you're dead because uh, <laughs> he's, he's just like he just d- doesn't. That's not how you defend him. OK, so if all those guys are gone, though, we've got nine receivers going in the first 58 picks, which could w- very easily happen because of the it? talent level. Could happen. Is there anybody from the from the rest of these guys that you would be comfortable taking at fifty nine or sixty four, or do you think like it's kind of one of these five guys needs to slip, or do you? Is there someone after that you'd be pretty happy to get at fifty nine? Um, the other or, or sixty four. The other two guys I'd be looking at, like if they're sitting there at sixty four, um, I'm looking at Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC, six uh, four, big catch radius. Uh, good athleticism, kind of underrated as an athlete, ran a four five two forty at a really big size. And his uh, change of directions numbers indicated kind of what you see on tape. Like he's a guy who's really quick out of his cuts. And so he's going to be taller and longer than just about any cornerback uh, trying to cover him. And then he has the athleticism to pick up like a half a step off of a cut. So he'll kill people on like dig routes and um, quick ins, quick outs, which are things that Schottenheimer likes to run and throws that Russ is really good at. So he fits as an outside receiver in our scheme really well to me. I, my guy is um, Van Jefferson, who I think justifiably so is being heavily penalized for being like 25 years old already. <laughs> and that's yeah. fair. That's really fair to penalize a guy because, you know, the athletic projection, he kind of is what he is right now. But, and the story behind that is he started out at Ole Miss and then they had all the sanctions and everything and a really stacked wide receiver room. So he flipped over to Florida, but then Florida didn't know how to pass. Right. And so it took him a minute to like accumulate the stats and everything. So he wasn't able to come out early. Yeah. Van Jefferson is a really good route runner. Um, I th- among the best route runners in this whole class. He's not like the best athlete. He's a good, very good athlete. Um, and he didn't have good college production and he's 24. So those are like the minuses. He doesn't have good college production and he's 24. The good things is he gets open a lot and runs really good routes. If we're picking at 64, I think it'd be cool to get a player who's like plug and play. And for me that among everyone who's left after Ayuk, Van Jefferson is as plug and play as you get. You just put him in. He's going to know what to do. He's going to already be an NFL ready receiver. Maybe he'll never have a thousand yard season, but that's okay. He's our number three wide receiver. We got someone who has a very, he's very safe. I think he has a safe floor. He's not going to totally suck. I'd be surprised if Van Jefferson was like a nothing burger and never did anything in the NFL. If he lands on a, I guess if he lands on the bills or something, (laughs) because it's just, you know, some quarterback who's really inaccurate and can't hit it, can't hit a guy who's getting open. That would be bad if he's on the Giants or the Bills or something. But if he lands on like the Saints or with us, I think it's just a good pick for the Seahawks. And so that's kind of why I'm into him there. Yeah, I would tend to agree. He's a guy that I think is probably going to be sitting there in the bottom of the third round, though, which is why I didn't kind of bring him up here. If we got him 64 overall, 
I'd be really curious what the coaches saw that made him, made them feel like they would come up and pick him all the way up here. But I would still be very interested because, like you said, it's easy to see how he would just fit in an offense and immediately like add value. Yeah. Okay. So then we've got another clump here, I think, of like guys who I think you probably should rank all pretty close together. Uh, you know, Van Jefferson, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Michael Pittman, KJ Ham. Hamler, Chase Claypool, and Devin Duvernay. I think all those guys justifiably could go anywhere from late second to the third round when the late third round when we picked. So you obviously said you'd be most excited to get Pittman. Who's the who's the guy that you would want to get at the end of the third round? Is there is it one of those guys or is there someone else that we didn't talk about? Uh, the two guys that immediately jump out to me, Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota is a really, is another really good route running. That's how he makes a separation. His speed's not going to be great. He, he's another Van Jefferson type. You just really easily see how he fits into the system and can be a quality receiver. I feel like Van Jefferson is the difference between those two for me on my tape watch is that he, Van Jefferson's just better at getting open. I don't know. If it if it's he's much more athletic, it's hard to tell because Jefferson had to skip the combine because he was hurt. So yeah. so like I don't know if he's just like a tw- if he's a twitchier athlete or if he just runs that much better routes. It doesn't seem like it. So to me, it just seems like Van might be the a little the more kinda, athletic, but also two years older, but also like twenty five years old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the other guy I would look at in this situation is Devin Duvernay out of Texas. Uh, Duvernay's athletic ability is high. Um, he's a sub four, four 40 and he looks it on tape. His acceleration is really, really good. He's probably a slot guy, but he has kind of like a running back body. And it's really fun. It's really the, fun to watch his LSU tape. Cause he, in that LSU oh, game, he played, he played so well and it's poor, and, poor Grant Delpit. Don't, and, don't judge Grant Delpit based on that LSU tape. Yeah, he punks him a couple times with broken tackles. You're right. Devin Duvernay is being penalized heavily for his body. He does not look like a, NFL wide receiver. He looks he's stocky. He's um like a ball. He looks he's, he's he's he looks like if Tyler Lockett was 15 pounds heavier. He looks like if Saquon Barkley tried to play wide receiver. Yes. Like like it's just like doesn't it doesn't Slim make sense. Barkley. His his legs are huge like Saquon, you know, it's in it. He's really fast. I mean, he won the Texas State Championship in the 100 meter dash. He he and he looks a, like it on the football field. Like he, it is not just track speed. That yeah. dude has functional football speed out the everything. Yeah. I think that Devin Duvernay is, he's been like one of the risers of the like kind of combine process The we snuck a combine in here before the lockdown. And I think he's one of the guys who before the combine, everyone was kind of down on, but now it's really like kind of up to teams to decide, do you want the five ten guy who runs fast and has like good physical tools, but has this kind of weird body, right? You have to decide. And in a stack draft, he's a dude who could fall. Or if we picked him at 64, I can see exactly what Seattle sees that would make them pick him at 64. But if we got him in the third round, I'd be hyped. Like I'd be, I'd be when we got Tyler Lockett hyped. The other thing is, I don't think he's great at contested catches. So like for me, nope. That's the area you'd have to grow. That's like the the thing that I um, he's not like he should be more physical, but than he than he is. Like I don't understand. Um, like he, I don't feel like he gets like he. Okay, 
I'm apparently having trouble articulating this, but he should be like at the line of scrimmage, he should be able to get a cleaner release. And in the contested catch situations, it seems like he's, you know, he's stocky, so he should be able to create space. But I think the lack of upper body strength, the fact that he carries most seems to look, looks to carry most of his strengths in his legs, actually, while that helps him get open, it hurts him in, in those situations where it's a real tight window. I also think that there's some nuance of the wide receiver position that he just hasn't been coached up on. And I don't think he's had a super strong offensive coaching staff in his time in uh, college football. I, I just don't think that Texas is great at that. And so getting into that wide receiver room with a guy like Tyler Lockett, um, with some of the influences that will be around him, I could see him picking up some of those nuanced things. Like if you look his timing on contested catches, when he flashes his arms out is not great. Like he doesn't time his jump perfectly. So he doesn't get everything he can out of his vertical. Um, he has a lot of value in screenplay in uh, jet sweeps in uh, short routes or route like timing routes where you're hitting them on the break. But I agree, like like throwing deep down the field contested catch situations and man coverage is going to be something that he has to develop. Yeah. All right. Um, is there anybody else that you uh, you would like to highlight here? I just want to say I, I like um, Claypool and Peoples-Jones, even though I think if you watch their tape, they're kind of seem like unfinished products a little bit. A F L E E T athletes. Yeah, but they're both really good athletes and they're both played special teams in college and could contribute there immediately, which for me pushes them up a board because that's what we're going to need. Whoever, if we pick a guy in that kind of range, late third, fourth round trading up kind of thing situation, we need that guy to immediately be a special teams contributor. Yeah, that's how you would push Malik off the roster. You gotta, you gotta do it. It's not a, it's not an optional thing. So, um, all right. Any, anybody else you want to highlight here before we go to our like late, late, late guys? No, let's hit the late, late night. All right. So is, all right, late guys who you got, who's your like, uh, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round sleepers that you want us to draft. I know Kevin, you always have three or four. I only have one. Cause all right, I, give me your one. Okay. Desmond Patman. <laughs> Yeah. It's really like hard for me not to pick because, you, know, you know, I, I went to Washington State. I'm a well, I'm going to give you credit here. It's not just a homer pick. This is a guy who makes a lot of sense made, based on size, speed, numbers. I made, Kevin, I made Kevin watch like some some tape of him. Uh, I was like, you know, watch the watch this stuff. Like, look at how good he does on these plays because yeah, he like, he like uh, Nate rolled up in like a long jacket and he like opens one side. He's like, yo man, I got this Oregon state tape. You want some people? And I was like, he's like, he's like first tapes free. And I was like, all right, people, so, uh, people like to discredit the Washington state offense for good reason. The air raid is stupid. And, uh, I, I, and you can only watch, you know, a team run the same seven mesh pass plays over and over before it slowly drives <laughs> you insane. And I get it. I understand that, but Desmond Patman, let me give you some pluses. He's six foot four, two twenty five. He's really good at contested catches. He ran a four four eight forty, and the thing is, there are guys. Watch the UCLA game. Watch that tape specifically because he's lining up against a guy who's gonna get drafted in the second or third round, and he consistently is beating him. And that's just, yeah. If he's going gonna go super late because he's gonna get penalized for the offense, he's. He honestly like is not super good when they really push in on him and press him. 
Um, he doesn't play to his size as well as you'd like in and uh, for, as far as being big. For a guy who ran a four four eight, he probably should be able to get more yards after the catch. So that that kind of, those kind of things all deservedly penalize him. But for a seventh, sixth round flyer, this is a kind of guy I think that he's a really good athlete and he's going to contribute right away on special teams and could definitely push for that David Moore, like fourth wide receiver, kind of flexible wide receiver spot. All right, go go ahead, Kevin. Go crazy. Now's All your right. chance. I got Brian Edwards out of South Carolina. Like uh, he has a really nice release. Uh, he's really physical. He uses his body well to shield the ball from the defender. He has really good balance and body control. Um, he has just enough speed to get a step, but health is a bit of concern. Um, his routes are not crisp. Uh, no, I know you that's... had some critiques on him for sure. That's very nice of you to say that. I think that he doesn't understand how to use like his hand fighting or like any of that stuff to get to get open. He should get more open than he is, but like it, he doesn't use his physicality. Like you're six three, you're two hundred fifteen pounds. Like you should be physically dominating some of these cornerbacks. That honestly, when he runs a route, he just doesn't do it. And if I think that if he starts to get better at like. Um, like getting more, being more intentional, working more urgently, and like you know, out physicaling his cornerbacks, he could be really good. He he ran a lot of different routes. That's not the problem. It's that he needs to run them all better. I would call him a bit of a flash player, uh, which is similar to Donovan Peoples Jones. He flashed everything you wanted him to do, but he didn't do it consistently. Yeah. And so think- you question whether he can put it all together or not. And so it makes him a bit of a gamble. And I think that he will, he'll go somewhere around late fourth to anywhere in the fifth round. That's kind of the range I have kind of pegged for him. And yeah, it just depends. He'd be perfect on our team. Cause I think that he does have like the big athlete contested catch skills that we would be looking for. Yeah. And he could come in and play an outside receiver position for us right away. Another guy I think could come in and play outside receiver. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins out of Oregon state. Uh, 6'4", 33-inch arms. He's a little bit slower, but he has uh, pretty good change of direction skills. Um, He has a big, big catch radius. He has good hands. It's just his ability to get separation that's a question. So if we're picking up with like our sixth-round pick, I'm pretty happy about that. But if we're getting with our fourth-round pick, I'm wondering if we could have spent the fourth-round pick a little better. It's like, once again, like I want guys that are six foot four to to like beat up on smaller uh smaller cornerbacks and when when Hodgins gets like pressed he takes the L a lot more than he should and like maybe that's when he comes in and starts lifting weights with DK or something <laughs> right <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like i just want to see him yeah he's a developmental project i think it's like the end of the draft though perfect place to take a guy like that i like it all right and so a dude that i would not mind seeing in the 4th but I've seen him mocked as late as the sixth or seventh. And my last guy, the the I was I saved the best for last. Oh, cherry on, cherry on the Sunday. I like it. I like that's exactly. It. And you know how much I love those Boise State players. Oh no, John Hightower, wide receiver, Boise State, six uh, one. He's got decent size. He's a little. He's got a bit of a, a Paul Richardson build, so kind of slender but taller. Uh, ran a four four three forty with a thirty eight and a half inch vertical leap. So he's fast. He can jump. He's he can win with pure speed. He offers value as a returner. He's a playmaker in space. Um, he has some moves on release. His things they needs to improve on 
Um, he's really quick in and out of his breaks, but he needs to improve on getting off of press. And uh, there's some footwork stuff that he could really clean up that would make him a bigger threat on his uh, kind of uh, mid routes. There were catches on John Hightower's tape that I felt like he should have made that that he let the like he dropped it because like a wider like a cornerback was coming up, you know, coming behind him and hitting him as he caught it. And I feel like and, and when I watch tape like that, I go like that's an NFL catch if he makes that catch and he just drops it. And that drives me that stuff drives me nuts. The contested yep. catch kind of like dropper. Um, it's like this guy Hightower is like the um it's like a body catcher. <laughs> Except he can make the hands I catches. I just, I don't mean that. I, 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 that shouldn't be like a huge insult, but like to me, like it's like when the like ball's away from his body and a guy's like draped on him, he's just not going to make the catch. And that, that stuff drives me nuts. That and I, that I wonder how it, much of that is how slight he is. In the fifth and sixth round, you know, get him into our weight program with our terrible strength conditioning coach. Just put him next to DK. <laughs> Just literally put his locker next to DK's locker and tell him, you do all the stuff he does. Uh, I just don't, I don't, I just, I, every time I think about like how bad our strength and conditioning team is, it just, I, it really makes these, uh, these projection picks like feel a lot less warm and fuzzy. I agree. Right. It's That's like, a problem. It's, there's a reason we, we always take the good, ath- the good athletes that need to learn like technical skills and not the technical skill guys who maybe need like a little bit of time in the weight room. Yeah, and Lord help you if you have ligament issues because we don't have a guy for that either. <laughs> oh man! Now, now we're getting very Seahawks specific. <laughs> okay. Let's get let's get to the uh, the money zone. If you want to support the Seahawksness podcast, there are many ways to do so. Uh, the best way: head over to patreoncom Nest and for as little as a dollar for our twenty four a month uh, during the regular season. You know, there's the the gambling stuff, and also. During the off season and the regular season, there's the Discord where we are posting all the time. People ask us questions. We post probably, would you say, Kevin, like two to four mock drafts per day? Yeah, thereabouts. We got a couple of people, other people that are into it with us. So yeah, we're, you know, we're like hard, we're right? like hard act addicts for these seven seven round mocks, <laughs> uh, which is it's fun. It's I, my favorite is when someone's there that shouldn't be. Kevin's like, hey, I'm doing a seven round mock, and Jerry Judy's available, and you're and Kevin, everyone's like, okay, so you pick him. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We're like, well, in this stupid reality, we do this thing. Yeah, and this thing, I'm going to file this under never happening. So mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you to Timothy, Jack, James, Lucas, Carrie, Tom, Brandon, Nick, Frank, Bob, Richard, Kieran, Mike, Brett, Flocktimus, Keith, Michelle, and Brian. You guys supporting the podcast and uh, it really helps us out, makes us uh, keep going. And uh, I'm, we'll see you guys in the Discord. It's I, I think it's a really fun time. It's actually been... Uh, quite fun. We're gonna watch. Uh, I'm just gonna say we're gonna watch Bloodshot this weekend. It's gonna be great. So, so. we're also posting up uh, film that we used for the wide receivers we're talking about. Yeah. That'll be going up after this in the Patreon Sweet. channel. Sweet. Yeah. And uh, I'll be on our actual Patreon. Um, I'll be putting up probably about the first 15 to 20 prospects for wide receiver positions on there with just kind of my write up and some of the information for those of you that are interested. All right, Kevin. What's your uh, what's your like uh, streaming, med- streaming uh, you know, streaming recommendation for the Corona? Apocalypse? All right, man. The world's going downhill, and I need to smile. So on Netflix right now, a movie we've talked about before, and I don't care. The other guys. Oh yeah, uh, funny. the uh, goofy buddy cop comedy from 2010 with Will Ferrell 
and Mark Wahlberg and Ava Mendez as Will Ferrell's homely wife. Oh my gosh, that that part's so funny, <laughs> dude. That that gag is. Uh, tell her I said hi. Did, did you tell her I says hi? <laughs> it's uh, it's better than it has any any right to be. That's for sure. Sorry, Absolutely. I got the I got the hiccups in the last part of this podcast. I don't know if people could tell. Um, if you couldn't tell, I tried really hard to hide it. So, <laughs> but uh, it's been it's been brutal to like honestly it keeps making me lose my train of thought it keeps uh it just keeps messing me up okay uh, i'm gonna talk about uh, a movie that's or a tv show that's on hulu uh, everyone knows uh i like i like hulu quite a bit they got um, some good I, stuff on there i think it's like it's like surprising how uh how good it is and like i think one thing that's weird is is um i don't know it doesn't matter anyway this one's shout out to brett all right letter kenny Letter Kenny yeah. is on Hulu. Letter Kenny's funny. Letter Kenny's funny. It's Brett's favorite show. I finally started watching it a little bit. There's eight seasons, so you can't run out of, <laughs> of stuff to watch. I'm only like six. But he's twelve fly. Um, but yes. that, that's a twelve fly take, buddy. Yeah, it sure is. All right. <laughs> so for Kevin, for Brett, uh, for myself, Nathan Santa, we'll see you next week. Go Hawks. <laughs> Good times, bro. No, I ain't got nothing but a